0: Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to Movie Geeks United. It's Blu-ray time, talking about the August titles.
1: That we are. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
0: So, let's talk about them.
1: Let's get to (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can start out with uh, an Arrow release uh, directed by a frequent guest of the show, and he's sadly no longer among us. Talk about Mr. Joel Schumacher's Flatliners from 1990, and uh, made the transition to 4K Ultra HD in the month of August, uh, August 2nd. Uh, Great transfer on this one. You know, Arrow's getting some flack because they are mainstreaming. You know, they used to be a, a company who was doing mainly genre titles. Now they're getting into some mainstream stuff, and People are criticizing them a little bit, but I don't know. They're really doing great jobs on the um, uh, the mainstream stuff that they are doing. They're putting out Wolf of Wall Street in a couple of months, which I did think was a strange choice, I have to admit, considering it's already been released in 4K by Paramount previously. But uh, anyway, Flatliners made the leak to a 4K. True Romance was another one of their recent titles. It's more of a mainstream title as well. Uh, that was back in June. But, yeah, uh, like
0: I, see, I see that yeah. – um, Uh, Criterion's doing WALL-E and speaking speaking of mainstream you know the niche uh, companies doing mainstream stuff but everybody's Mm -hmm. got to sell copies you know
1: (laughs) well that's interesting I know that's true and you brought up an interesting point because Disney has announced that they're not interested in releasing 4K I don't know if it's an official announcement or I think it's unofficial but the unofficial word is they don't care about physical media anymore They're all about Disney+. Plus, So they don't care whether these discs get released from their catalog, and it's sad because they own all the 20th Century Fox stuff as well as the Disney titles as well. So Criterion getting the the rights to WALL-E opens up some really interesting possibilities, and one of which would be the maybe potential release of Song of the South, which they wouldn't touch for the 50-foot pole. But now if Criterion is able to license... Disney titles, and this is the first one, so we don't know what's going to happen, but I think it is interesting and worth mentioning that development, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I was going to talk about that. That that could open up all kinds of uh, possibilities with their animated catalog, including that long-sought-after title, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's That's ever going to happen.
1: (laughs) I don't either, but I think Criterion would be the people to do it. Yeah, uh, because they would, you know, make sure that, hey, you know, we're seeing this in a historical context. You know, this needs to be viewed. You know, they, they would make sure that, the, that that it was viewed in the context in which it was intended, you know. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Good point. Good point. I'm glad you brought that up. But, yeah, Wally being issued by Criterion in November is a big, big deal, I would say, in terms of what we could or could not see. So we'll see. Uh, but Flatliners, back to that title from Arrow, I was quite impressed. Had not seen this title. Maybe, maybe I've seen it only once since it came out. I, I don't remember, but uh, there's a lot I didn't remember about it. I know that, and uh, I heartily enjoyed the Arrow release of this. Uh, they, there's some new extras, some archived extras. Uh, but yeah, it gets the job done, as they say. <laughs> it's, it's not an earth-shattering film, but it's 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 very stylishly done, and uh, you know, it's it's well well acted, and uh, I enjoy it. What can I tell you? So. Uh, so, we'll move on to another title. Tenebrae has been issued in 4K. That's Dario Argento, of course. And uh, not sure what we need to say. There's two cuts of this film uh, being issued by Synapse on this new Dulux 4K edition. Anthony Franciosa starring in this film, of course. And, you know, if you're a Dario Argento fan, you know who you are. You probably got to have it. But Synapse is doing some great work as well. Uh, the, this month, they've actually issued two titles that were long sought after on Blu-ray, Massacre at Central High and The Creature from Black Lake, which we'll talk about in a future episode because those are September titles, but uh, they're doing some good work too. So I wanted to give a shout-out to Synapse and the titles that you're putting putting out there. Couple, a trio of Chuck Norris titles from Kino, The Octagon from 1980, and Good Guys Wear Black nineteen seventy eight and featuring a former guest of ours, Miss Jennifer O'Neill, co starring along with Chuck Norris in A Force of One from nineteen seventy nine. Um yeah, those uh that trio of Chuck Norris films being issued separately by Keno. Uh new commentaries on all of those commentaries and I think that's it from directors and yeah, stuff. No, not the directors. I think just uh you know film historians, oh, I see. yeah I say. But, uh, God, imagine, yeah, sure.
0: imagine having to study Chuck Norris movies to to, <laughs> to beef up to do commentaries for them.
1: Well, it's a living. What can you say? Is it <laughs> uh, for, some for until, something.
0: Until until they good. come until they do a 4K restoration of Silent Rage, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm not in it.
1: <laughs> I and remember that it. that
0: movie scaring me as a kid. Silent Rage.
1: That's pretty effectively done. That's one of the better. Chuck Norris film. Is it really? Okay. Short buzz has been issued. uh, The John Cameron Mitchell film from 2006. This caused caused a little bit of a stir, right? NC-17 rating on this film. Uh, Because of sex, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, for for the sex stuff. Yep. Oscilloscope Pictures releasing this in its uh, unrated version. I must admit, never got around to seeing it. Uh, Although the reviews were pretty good, I remember. Uh, I think, from what I recall. So, anyway, Oscilloscope releasing a new Blu-ray edition of Short Bus from 2006. And, oh, let's see, Catch the Heat. That's a 1987 title, and that's being issued by Kino as well. Let's see, let me, uh, that's a Karen, no, it's a David Dukes, I'm sorry, no, I was looking at another title. David Dukes, Rod Steiger. Uh, John Hancock, a cop goes undercover into to inf- infiltrate a drug ring as Cinderella Pooh, a Chinese dancer with a unique martial arts style. <laughs> so the mm. cop uh, posing as a Chinese dancer. Uh, I didn't get a review copy of this one, but um, anyway, I, I guess it has a cult status. I don't know. Catch the eat, 1987, new transfer, I believe. Um,
0: so. David Dukes, was anyway. he the one that was married to Meredith Baxter or was that somebody else? That was somebody else.
1: Uh, yeah, that was that's da- David
0: Baxter Burney, I believe. David Burney, yeah. yeah. Hence hence Meredith Baxter Burney, and not Meredith yeah. Baxter Dukes.
1: That's it.
0: <laughs> Forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, you're in the ballpark. So, um, anyway. Oh, let's see what else we got. We got uh, Apples from 2020, which is a, uh, a fairly well-reviewed film. Uh, I didn't get a review copy of that one either, but I know the reviews were pretty... Pretty good on that one. Uh, it's a Cohen Media release, as is. Uh, well, Cow is a uh, 2021 release that also got some pretty good, pretty good reviews.
0: Cow Two or weeks. first Cow? Cal. Huh. Just
1: cow. Just C O W. And uh, I'm not sure. Again, didn't get a review copy of that one, but uh, again, getting some uh, some praise uh, in terms of uh, it's an IFC release. And I'm trying to get some plot details here, but um, yeah, okay. It's um, uh, yeah, it's an indie film, obviously. Like I said, I wish I had a review copy where I could tell you uh, more about it. Uh, anyway, uh, cow. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we'll move along. Uh, Last Days in the Desert, 2015 film starring Ewan McGregor. That's uh, a Shout Select release. Uh, that's, uh, got a few new extras on that. Uh, I remember when that was issued, but, uh, that's one that I missed when it originally came out. So, uh, Last Days in the Desert, a shout select release. Uh, White Elephant from 2022 is another release. That's, uh, one of the, the, uh, Bruce Willis films that he was making. Oh. You know, one of those, uh, you know, there's been so many that he's been cranking out. So, that's one of them. And so we'll move along to August 9th. We'll talk about one of your favorite films. Heat has been given the 4K upgrade from, oh, that's from Disney, actually, because they own the 20th Century Fox Library. And since this reverted to 20th Century Fox, uh, somehow it was originally a Warner Brothers title, but then uh, because it was a regency that somehow the rights to it went back to Fox. and Now it's in Disney's hands uh, get a little controversial with the transfer on this. Uh, they say that Michael Mann has, reti- has redone the transfer, and it's a little dark. Hmm. I'm hearing. Uh, it's his preferred look of the film on this new 4K, but uh, supposedly, supposedly different, completely different transfer from the old Warner Brothers Blu-ray that we saw back in 2008. And uh, so I th- don't believe that there are any new extras on this, uh, not that I'm aware of. I think all of the extras from the 2000, I believe it's 2016, uh, Blu-ray reissue have been ported over. But um, anyway, uh, Heat has been given the 4K treatment. Thank goodness it's one of the few titles that Disney has seen fit to issue uh, these days. Like I said, kind of moving out of that. Uh, moving out of that. So uh, Men from 2022, the latest from Alex Garland, has been issued. I didn't get around to seeing that. That kind of got lackluster reviews, I believe. Uh, But anyway, uh, I like some of his stuff, but this was not one that uh, was being talked about favorably, so I skipped it. So, Event Horizon has been given the 4K treatment. We just talked about this one on our 1997 show. Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, has some elements of The Shining in this, uh, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. It's basically about a crew that goes to investigate the disappearance of another crew in space, and there's some sort of a force there. And, uh, most people have seen it by now, so I'm not telling you anything you don't know already. Um, it's it has its moments. It's one of these films that you know works and fits and starts. Uh, probably the best film that Paul W S Anderson has ever made, and that's uh, <laughs> considering his resume there. Uh, One of the better spots on it. But uh, this new 4K transfer looks great. Uh, Paramount releasing this one. Uh, I think most of the extras are carryovers. Uh, It is being billed as a 25th anniversary edition. And it has... um, uh, It does not have... They have not been able to find the extra 10 minutes uh, of footage that's been highly requested by fans that's supposed to clarify things a little bit. They can't seem to find that... um, but maybe someday. But anyway, uh, they say that they, if it, they could possibly restore that footage, uh, I think there's a some of it's it's the sound is missing or something. I don't know what, exactly what the deal is, but I do know that uh, they they talked about restoring it, but said it would be a very costly proposition. You know, similar to what they did with the, what they did when they restored. Um the uh justice League a while back you know that was a pretty costly endeavor, and I don't know that they really <laughs> got, that it that it really paid for itself, so I don't know um anyway who who can say so maybe we'll see that someday, maybe not maybe for the paramount uh, plus um that may be a project since they own the rights to it so um anyway we uh we should uh We'll just have to hold our breath on that one, I, I would assume. But anyway, moving along, Dog Soldiers, the uh, feature film debut for uh, director Neil Marshall. It's a horror film here about a, a group of uh, soldiers who encounter some werewolf-like creatures, and, and this um, stars Sean Pertwee, Kevin McKidd. Um, mostly uh, a pretty, pretty low-budget film a new 4K scan of the original negative, uh, and then we have mostly carryover features, uh, feature, special features, I think. Uh, there may be a few new ones here, but it is a 4K Ultra HD release uh, from Scream Factory, so uh, Dog Soldiers has made its way to 4K from, uh, from Scream Factory, and we'll move along with some more. We'll just knock out a bunch of these Kino titles. A Little Man, What Now is a oh, uh, that's uh, one from 1934, starring Margaret Sullivan. That's been given a uh, it's a new commentary uh, by director Alan Arkush, believe it or not, and film historian Daniel Creamer. Mm-hmm. This film,
0: which one is that?
1: It's a romantic drama, A Little Man, What Now, starring Margaret Sullivan and Alan Hale Sr. Next Time We Love is another Margaret Sullivan feature film from also uh, – this is 1936, actually. And this one stars Jimmy Stewart, early Jimmy Stewart, uh, alongside uh, Ray Milland as well. And um, so, you know, another, it's another uh, romantic drama. And then we move on to The Trials of Oscar Wilde during Peter Finch and James Mason. That's from 1960, directed by Ken Hughes. And this uh, doesn't have any – Extra features except a trailer is the only thing on this one. Uh, Samson and the Seven Miracles of the World, starring Gordon Scott, and that's from 1961. Two cuts of the film here, directed by Riccardo Freda. I think it was a uh, Italian swashbuckler, I guess you would say, sand and sepal sword, sword and sandal spectacular. I'll get that out. And there is a new audio commentary here by uh, Tim Lucas. <laughs> anyway uh, alright uh, so there you go uh, Kill a Dragon from 1967 starring Jack Palance and Fernando Lamas and Aldo Rey. Uh that's directed by Michael D. Moore and uh, no extras on this one just a trailer there um, and um, they went that away and that away uh, Tim Conway wrote this film Directed by Stuart McGowan. And uh, also starring Chuck McCann and Doug Taylor. Uh, they're basically uh, Chuck McCann and Tim Conway are prison escapees. And it's a, you know, it's one of these uh, road type films where they get into all kinds of shenanigans after escaping from prison. And I remember seeing the trailers for this when I was a kid, but never saw the film, believe it or not. Uh, ben Jones and Sonny Schroyer from Dukes of Hazzard are also in this Dub Taylor, Richard Keel uh, appearing in this and Renny Santoni. So um, anyway, no extras on this either, just a trailer. And then we have uh, the Robert Blake film Electric Glide in Blue* from 1973, which is a pretty good film actually. It's a uh, police. Uh, he's a he's a policeman, and uh, this is a uh, on the motorcycle cop beat in Arizona. And uh, he's a uh, small small time cop, I guess you would say, promoted for exposing a murder and. It's uh, very uh, atmospheric, I guess, is the best way to uh, describe this film. Directed by James William Guercio, who was also a producer for some of the Chicago albums. Yes, he was in the music scene as well uh, in the early 70s. Mitchell Ryan, Billy Greenbush, Alicia Cook Jr., starring in this uh, new audio commentary uh, on this by Robert Boris. And we have the, uh, I think... uh, an archival commentary by the director and a new interview with actor Mitch Ryan and the screenwriter Robert Boris. So, Electrical Light and Blue, I would recommend that. When Tomorrow Comes from 1939, directed by John Stahl, starring Irene Dunn, Charles Boyer, and it's uh, following their team up in Love Affair. This was their follow-up to that, When Tomorrow Comes. It's a romantic drama again based on a story by James M. Kane. This uh, has a new... Commentary by Lee Gampen, our good friend Lee Gambon. Uh, we have Paths of Glory. The, uh, I don't need to say much more about the plot of this film. This is uh, the classic Stanley Kubrick film starring Kirk Douglas' anti-war film, 1957, and also starring, of course, Ralph Meeker and Richard Anderson. Uh, this is a 4K upgrade here, ultra HD for the first time. And uh, you get uh, a new commentary by Tim Lucas. There you go.
0: Uh, <laughs> is this still Criterion?
1: Uh, this is Kino. These are all Kino. Sorry
0: about oh, that. Oh, so it moved uh, out of Criterion.
1: Yeah, we're uh, we're all we're all. I might have said Criterion, but I misspoke. These are all. No, Kino I mean titles.
0: I only say that because Criterion had released that. Earlier.
1: Oh yes, 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 yes. Blu-ray. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they have another 4K on this. Uh, just the just the Blu-ray. So the Kino took over the uh, honors for the 4K. Yeah. And then we have a reissue of The Outer Limits seasons one and two on Blu-ray. Um, they've been previously issued, but uh, went out of print, back in print now with, uh, multiple audio commentaries on all the episodes, separate sets for seasons one and two of The Outer Limits, the classic Outer Limits from the sixties, not the, not the later ones. Mysterious Island of Beautiful Women from 1995, starring Jane Kennedy and Deborah Shelton, uh, of, Body Devil Fame, Stephen Keats as well. This may have been one of Stephen Keats' final films. I think he, he passed away not long after that. Clint Walker also uh, anyway, it's um uh so it's directed by Joseph Pevney. And that wow, that's uh that's, I, I'm surprised this is one from the 90s. I didn't realize Pevney was still making films. He's the one that made The uh, Man of a Thousand Faces back in the 50s with uh, James Cagney. He's working a long time, I guess. Uh, new Commentary. This may be a TV movie. I'm not sure. Uh, new Commentary by film historian uh, Amanda Reyes, who does a lot of the uh, the made-for-TV stuff. So this could be Mata Hari, uh, starring Sylvia Christel from 1985 and directed by Curtis Herring. And um, so... Uh, you know, this was uh one of those from Golden Globus, the uh the Canon People. Uh Torrid Tale of Deception, Desire, and Double Agents. <laughs> Based on uh the true supposedly true story of the ultimate spy vamp, Adahari. Anyway, new audio commentary by David Delval and Nate Bell. And then we have Summer Heat, starring Laurie Singer and Anthony Edwards from nineteen eighty seven, uh directed by Mitchie Gleason. This is a romantic thriller. Set in 1937, we have The Tenth Man, starring Anthony Hopkins, Kristen Scott Thomas, from 1988, and uh, no no extras on that. And then we have High Desert Kill, 1989, directed by Harry Falk, starring Mark Singer. Made in Sweden, starring Christina Lindberg, from 1971, and we have Don't Tell Her It's Me, starring uh, Steve Gutenberg, Jamie Gertz, Shelley Long, and Kyle McLaughlin, from 1990. Directed by uh, Malcolm Mowbray and uh, Peter Fonda starring in Mercenary Fighters alongside Reb Brown and Ron O'Neill from 1988. And that's the keynote titles for August. And uh, that covers all of their releases. Uh, let's see. And we have Criterion from August. We'll go ahead and knock out all those. We have uh, Daddy Longlegs, which is the first film directed by the uh, Safety Brothers. Yeah. It's an autobiographical story of their childhood. Yeah. Um, I think it's an okay film. It's not terrible. It's not. I wouldn't say it's great, but you know, it's an assured debut. New interviews with the actors Sage and Frey Ronaldo and their parents. A documentary from 2017 about the Safdies. Footage of uh, the, the the two child actors first meeting with the uh, adult actors. Uh, There's nothing you can do. A 2008 short film by the Safdies. Deleted scenes. So, uh, yeah, they uh, came Blue on the Radio. show. To,
0: they came on the show to talk about that movie. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, it was playing festivals. Them. And I remember asking them about their greatest inspiration, and they said Dustin Hoffman. And so we talked for a little bit about Dustin Hoffman movies, and then they ended up. do they work with him or no? No, I don't think mm-hmm. they have yet.
1: I don't believe so yet. I don't think
0: so. Yeah, I got confused because Sandler did a movie with Hoffman right before he did the Safety brothers movie. So
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see Well, they they've definitely uh they they've done some good work since then. So you got to start somewhere.
0: Their favorite movie of his was um Straight Time,
1: by the way. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Who can argue with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Brown Land is a nineteen or uh, two thousand seven film uh, directed by Ronald Brownstein. A uh, Bronstein, sorry, and um. There's a conversation here as an extra between Bronstein and filmmaker Josh Safty and Deleted Scenes. It's a oh, it's a dark comedy, I, I think. I didn't get a review copy of this one, but uh, Frownland. Uh, Buck and the Preacher is a Sidney Poitier starer, I guess you would say. Um, interviews with Poitier and Harry Belafonte, who co-stars with him in the film, are from 1972 episodes of Soul and the Dick Cavett Show, included as extras. Along with a new interview with Gina Belafonte and behind the scenes footage featuring Poitier and actor Harry Belafonte, and a new interview with Mia Mask, author of Black Rodeo, Rodeo Black Rodeo, A History of the African American Western. So, uh, this is uh, obviously a black Western and a buddy comedy. So, Buck and the Preacher from 1972, Hotel du Nord is a 1938 film from uh, filmmaker Jean Pierre Junot. Uh, I'm sorry, no, 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 no. uh, (laughs) He does the uh, conversation with journalist Philip Morrison as an extra here. Sorry. uh, Marcel Karn is the director on this. Sorry. There's a documentary from 1994 on the life and career of director Marcel Karn and a TV program from 1972 on the making of the film. It's about anguished lovers, fallen women, wanted criminals in this uh, hotel in Paris, Hotel du Nord. So anyway, and uh, Faya... Dai from 2021. It's a recent film. Uh, they always got to get their uh, recent releases in as well. And there's usually one a month, it looks like, from Criterion, and this is one. Uh, actually, not too familiar with this one. But anyway, there's uh, three short films from uh, from uh, Jessica Bashir, the director. On here is extras and a trailer. So there you go. So that's all the Criterion releases. Uh, and so we'll uh, do some Paramount releases. How about Back to the Beach? from 1987, which was the, uh, the reunion film with Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello, and I think this is a fun little movie. I have to admit that. Uh, I remember Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars, surprisingly, when it came out, and I was kind of shocking that he would give it, uh, that kind of a high, high, uh, ranking, but, uh, I had kind of avoided it all these years until now, and I saw it, and I could, I could see why. It's just a fun movie. It really is. There's, a uh, you know, and there's uh the cast is amazing. You got you know not only Annette obviously and Frankie, but you get uh, Bob Denver and you get Tony Dow and Johnny Jerry Mathers and Pee Wee Herman shows up to sing uh, <laughs> the Surfing Bird for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, it's just it's fun. And Ed Cookie Burns, Barbara Billingsley as well, Don Adams, Stevie Ray Vaughn, Dick Dale, Connie Stevens. It's a pretty interesting cast here. Uh, and it's short and sweet. It's like 90 minutes. And, uh, you know, nobody knows how to rock a polka dot dress like Annette does in this film, I must admit. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> this was, uh, sadly the year before she was diagnosed with, uh, uh her, um, uh, you know, what would normally, the EMS the that would, uh, eventually take her life, unfortunately. But she's great here, um, and, uh, it's... It's kind of a spoof of the beach films, actually. They're, you know, they're obviously all grown up now, adults with kids of their own, and the kids are, you know, there's a lot of wink-wink, nudge-nudge at the, uh, the beach films of the past. But uh, anyway, it's part of the Paramount Presents line of titles. And uh, there is an interview with Lyndall Hobbs, the director of the film, filmmaker focus with director Lyndall Hobbs. Here's an extra. So uh, I would recommend Back to the Beach. If you haven't seen it, uh, Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg's latest. I didn't get a review copy and still have not seen it. I've been warned against it. I don't know whether I should see it or not. Hey, did you see it? And if you did, what did you think?
0: Well, I didn't see it. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> you know, just see it if you want to see it. Don't let anybody <laughs> warn you against it.
1: I mean, well, I probably it, will. But Cronen- just, Cronenberg
0: uh, isn't like a one-size-fits-all kind of filmmaker,
1: right? Well, I've heard from people who are even admirers of his work that this is just not one of the bright spots, that it's kinda maybe needed a couple more passes at the uh at the rewrite table. I don't know. I haven't seen it and pr- I will see it eventually, but uh I've just been uh told by people that it's not just not one of the bright spots in his it's great to see him, you know, turning out a film now in his advanced age and that he's still doing it, but you know, it's just just not the results really aren't that great I've heard. So I don't know. I just wondered if you'd seen it. So. Uh, Anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, being issued in 4K from Paramount. Don't know what else you can say about that. A uh, couple uh, more 4K titles. Doom being issued in 4K. The Green Planet being issued in 4K. Uh, and we have The Flying Guillotine Part 2, which is one of Quentin Tarantino's all time favorite films.
0: Oh, I'll make sure uh, to avoid that.
1: Well, I wasn't too keen on it, I have to admit. It's one of the Shaw Brothers films, and I typically like the Shaw Brothers stuff, but it's. We're the weaker ones. Um,
0: I mean, you and I have talked about this. I mean, for as much as I love his movies, he he has a taste for shit. Yeah. Every every, every single movie recently that he's recommended or heartily endorsed on his podcast, <laughs> I I I try out and I'm like, what the hell? Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of there with you. Uh, well, I am there with you. I'm kind of there with you. I am there with you. Yes, for sure. Uh, but yeah, and this is one of them. I just, uh, oh boy. I, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's just kind of typical kung fu type shenanigans, and I don't know, just just didn't do it for me. Uh, but if you're a fan of The Flying Guillotine Part 2, uh, you get a slipcase with brand new artwork, you get a collector's booklet, double sided fold out poster, HD transfer, of course, uh, in the new uh, in the uh, original 2.35 ratio audio commentary with the Asian cinema experts Mike Leder and Arne Venema in the trailer. So
0: and, you know, I don't know that Tarantino's embrace of these bad movies is ironic in any way. I mean, I hmm. think his affection for them is genuine. Oh, yeah. Because I know a lot of people that gravitate towards this kind of movie just so they could – make fun of it so they could feel superior to it and I, I don't get that uh, vibe from tarantino so i'm not questioning his his uh, authenticity of sure you know of living these movies that he recommends but
1: yeah i think you're right yeah i, I think it, well you know it, and it's also you know i think it um you know, there, there there are films that we all like i guess we saw them at a certain pivotal moment in our lives and you know, we took to them then, and we, we have a, a uh, an affection for them for, for whatever reason. Uh, I, you know, uh, famously, I've said many times that Cannibal Run is one of those indefensible films, but I find it just funny as hell, and I laugh every single time I see it, so I can't, you know, uh, even in spite of the horrible, horrible reviews, and uh, I guess Every Which Way But Loose, it would be another one of those films that's really indefensible, but... I just enjoy it, and even more so the sequel, any which way you can, which I think is just a hoot. But anyway, um, uh, so, yeah, a couple more Paramount titles here. Domestic Disturbance 2001, it's John Travolta getting a Blu-ray release for the first time, Vince Vaughn co-starring Down to Earth, Chris Rock 2001, also getting a first-time Blu-ray release, and uh, so, so those are uh, some Paramount catalog titles. We have Learning to Drive from 2014, starring Patricia Clarkson and Ben Kingsley, and that's a Shout Select title, uh, getting the Shout Select uh, treatment. Uh, and another Paramount title um, is uh, the complete 24th season of South Park, which has the two one-hour episodes that they did during the COVID, the year of COVID. And uh, they're, they're pretty funny, actually. I watched them, and uh, <laughs> I, thought I found them to be uh, quite good. <laughs> so anyway, and I'm not the he- biggest fan of uh, – South Park, but these were amusing in, in a good way. So, Oh, so we have a couple of titles here. We uh, Sandpiper Pictures has taken over the distribution rights for a few of the old Twilight Time releases uh, from years gone by that went out of print. And here's a couple of them. You get uh, State of Grace mm. from 1990 starring Sean Penn and uh, Ed Harris and uh, Gary Oldman. That's a pretty good film I would say. Uh, that had previously been issued on Twilight Time, and uh, it's been, like I said, reissued by Sandpiper Pictures' Equus, uh, directed by Sidney Lumet, starring Richard Burton, also getting reissued, previously issued there, and uh, Solomon and Sheba and Alexander the Great. Solomon and Sheba, 1959, Yo Brenner, Gina Lola Brigida, and Alexander the Great from 56. So those are a couple of the uh, Sandpiper titles, reissues of the old um uh, Twilight Times, from years gone by that have gone out of print. And Troma has issued Death by Temptation, uh, starring Kadeem Hardison and Bill Nunn and Sam Jackson, of course. And written and directed by James Bond III. Oh. So um, we shall move on to August 16th. We're getting there. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion 4K.
0: What a mess. Uh,
1: yes. Yes, I would say so. Good Lord. Worst, Worst of the series, I would say. Yeah, I mean it's just really bad, uh, almost to the point where you can't get through it. Uh, And I'm a giant monster guy. I love giant monster films. This uh, one-two punch this in last year's uh, Godzilla vs Kong, which was also unwatchable. So those two together, I don't know what to say. If if this is where the uh, the future of giant monster films is headed, I don't know that I want to be on that train. So (laughs) anyway, Uh, so but it's out there, and not only is it out there. It's available in an extended edition. So if you couldn't get enough of it in its 2 hour and 25 minute uh, version that was seen in theaters, well, you can see an even longer version
0: of it. I guess that's what I watched. I think that's what I watched on Peacock. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's out there on Peacock. It is. Very true. A trio of uh, Paramount titles uh, hit the streets on August 16th as well. We had Coneheads from 1993 uh, directed by Steve Barron, Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, of course, uh, revisiting their roles from the old SNL skits of the 70s. What's Eating Gilbert Grape from 1993? Uh, widely considered to be a very good movie. Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, and What Women Won't. What Women Want. <laughs> what
0: Women, what women Want. That's another movie that's worth checking yeah. out.
1: That's uh, true, yes. What Women Want. 2000, of course, the year 2000, uh, Helen Hunt and Mel Gibson. Uh, boy, romantic comedy starring those two. I don't guess you'd see that these days, but anyway. <laughs> My how times have changed. Uh, he- heavy Metal being issued uh, in 4K separately, previously issued with the sequel, Heavy Metal 2000, but it's been giving a, given a 4K issue as a standalone. Johnny Mnemonic being issued in black and white for some reason. By uh, uh, Sony, starring Keanu Reeves, of course. Dolph Lundgren, 1995. So if you always wondered what Johnny Mnemonic would look like in black and white, now you can find out. Uh, Red Dawn being issued in a 4K edition from Shouts, as a part of the Shout Select line. John Milius directing, of course. And Child's Play 1, 2, and 3, also being given the 4K treatment from Scream Factory. So uh, getting all that, uh, Universal also issuing Black Phone starring Ethan Hawke. Uh, this was kind of a letdown for me from the same team that brought you. Uh, um, oh gosh, what was the name of that horror movie? Is on the tip of my tongue. The the one that uh, came out earlier with uh, Ethan Hawke in the early uh, earlier part of the decade. But uh,
0: Sinister. <laughs>
1: anyway, Sinister. That's it. Yeah, I was having a senior moment there. Anyway, yeah, I love Sinister, and this is not Sinister.
0: So I liked anyway. it. I liked it okay. Yeah, I thought it's, Ethan Hawke uh, was Ethan Hawke was totally unhinged.
1: <laughs> I, that he was, yeah. And the atmosphere is great. It looks like a film that was made in 1978. They really nailed down the time period. Do a good job with that, but just, just yeah. didn't quite scare me like I hoped that it would. But anyway, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade being issued in a uh, as a standalone edition now uh, issued as part of the box set last year from Paramount, but they've issued it as a standalone edition. So we got that. Available now, uh, and we're um, just uh, moving right along here. Uh, Stallic 17 being reissued on Blu-ray by Paramount as well. And um, I think that takes care of the 16th. I think that's all of the, the titles for that day, and we'll move along to the 23rd. And we have Dirty Dancing being issued in 4K by Lionsgate. First time ever. Uh, So, yeah. What more can you say about Dirty Dancing? And uh, I wish I had a dime for every time this film had been issued on uh, home media. But anyway, what more can you say? Um, Yeah, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court being issued by Universal from 1949, starring Bing Crosby. And uh, William Bendix and Rhonda Fleming. I don't think that's ever been issued on Blu-ray before, but um, anyway, The Creature from Black Lake, as we spoke of earlier, uh, actually, I thought that was a September release. It is not. It is actually an August release from 1976, starring Jack Elam and Dennis Fimple and Dub Taylor. This is a film that I've always wanted to see on home media in a... uh, in a good transfer and they finally did a good job with it. It's uh, not the greatest film you'll ever see, but it it has some spooky touches and it's basically about two college kids going down into the Louisiana bayous to find this Bigfoot like creature. And of course it was made in 1976 when we were at the height of Bigfoot mania. Mm -hmm. And what's kind of interesting about this film is, and why why it's been um, sad that that it's been um, not worth seeing previously on home media, I should say, uh, it's because it was filmed in the 2.35 Todd AO format, and it was uh, photographed by Dean Koundy, wow. who would later on go to work on the, the Back to the Future trilogy, of course, Halloween, many times for John Carpenter, of course. And this was an early effort from cinematographer Dean Koundy, and uh, really well photographed. And it was so shameful that it wasn't previously issued in its 2.35 ratio. Finally, they corrected that, and it's a beautiful transfer. And uh, if you're a fan of Creature from Black Lake or mid-70s horror, especially of the Bigfoot variety, I I would recommend it. It's worth your time. From, uh, so it's, and there a so, of so it's not
0: one of those cheapo grizzly year. something,
1: no, no, something no, no, like no, that? No. Okay. no, no. It's. I mean, it it, it kind of takes a while to get going. It starts out with the, uh, the two college kids at the beginning, and uh, you know they're, they're kind of going through the town trying to get directions as to where the creature's been spotted, and nobody wants to help them out. They're like, ah, a couple smart-ass college kids. We don't need these kids. And uh, and then eventually there are some sightings, and then uh, Jack Elam comes out and tells them where, where to find the creature, and they go down. And, and then the last 30 minutes of the film... Actually pays off. You get to see them being menaced by this creature, and they it's very effectively done in that they don't show the creature too close because they obviously low budget film. So they you know they were they were wise to uh, keep it in shadow, and, and you get to see a hand here and there, but uh, it's um it's 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 pretty well done, and especially like I said, the photography by Dean Kundi who uh, contributes an extra here. By the way, uh, there's a featurette with Dean Kundi talking about his. Uh, This being one of his early entries in his career as a cinematographer. And he is a legendary cinematographer, you know, so. Uh, So anyway, Creature from Black Lake, one of my recommendations for the month. Like I said, it's not the greatest film ever made, I will say that. But it is, uh, it's, you could do a lot worse. And so, uh, anyway, and uh, I celebrate it being issued in its correct aspect ratio, if nothing else, so. (laughs) <laughs> so a couple Vinegar Syndrome titles uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid 1983 boy this is the Chuck Norris month right
0: I believe Lone no, Wolf McQuaid yeah. that's Keith, yeah. that's Carradine David Carradine
1: it is yes 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 David Carradine Chuck Norris and also the Delta Force from 86 Lee Marvin and Chuck Norris yeah, so both of those getting a Vinegar Syndrome issue as well as Death Wish 3 Charles Bronson Ugh. so all the the canon films the canon canon so anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Burned Barnes is a 1973 film uh, being issued by Cohen Media. I didn't get a review copy of a review copy of this one as well. Uh, or rather, I rather should I should say either. But um, anyway, um, not really all that familiar. But the Burn Barnes. Wanted to mention it. Uh, the Death Warrant from 1990. Another, I think that's another canon. Jean Claude Van Damme. It's another Vinegar Syndrome. And then we have some uh, universal titles, Thunder on the Hill, 1951, Welcome Stranger, 1947, Love Camp 7, 1969. It started with Eve, 1941, 100 Men and a Girl, 1937, Three Smart Girls Grow Up, starring Deanna Durbin. Uh, Those are um, universal, really digging into their vaults for some of these titles, I must say. Good for them. Good for them. So, and we'll move on to August 30th. And we have the Miami Connection being issued in 4K by Vinegar Syndrome. And, uh, yes, uh, 4K Ultra HD. Cat People, Paul Schrader's Cat People getting a 4K upgrade on uh, courtesy of Scream Factory. Uh, I don't know what your feelings are about this film, but I I, I think it's a mixed bag. It's obviously well photographed, but it's, uh, Schrader's just not the guy when you – Or thinking horror, he's not your go-to guy, and it shows in this film. It's just a mixed bag. Uh,
0: Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen it. I uh, can remember very little about it, but yeah, transfers good. I love Schrader generally.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you get a commentary here with Schrader, and you get uh, interviews with Malcolm McDowell, Nastasha Kinski, Annette O'Toole. John Hurd, yeah, I guess this has been a while back since they did this, since he's been gone for a while, and Lynn Lowry, composer Giorgio Moroder and Paul Natasha Kinski well.
0: doesn't do commentary on it, does she?
1: No, no, she just does interview interview. Uh, oh, okay. Here.
0: I think interviews. that was a bad experience for her. Really? I don't know that story. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Where where was that story published? Was it published in in the Biskin book? About what schrader supposedly did to her
1: oh right 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 on the uh the the cat people movie yeah 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 Yeah, uh, i thought she had a bad experience doing a commentary i was like oh (laughs) i took it the wrong way sorry yeah right i know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. yeah that's uh yeah not good not good yeah, but maybe uh, – I'd be curious to – I need to watch these interviews, I guess. I'd be curious to know what she had to say. At least she contributed something. So yeah. What do you yeah. Do? Or something. Uh, there's a section here with the – uh feature with the special makeup effects by Tom Berman thing. Um, I think a lot of the makeup effects were left on the cutting room floor. I don't think Schrader wanted to use a lot of the transformation stuff. and It's a shame. I think it would have been a better film. But, um, well, anyway, what can I say? So uh Cat People are getting the 4K upgrade, and there's a, a new documentary release. This is actually a DVD-only release from a company called Film Movement, but uh, there was a, one of the first female rock bands, Fanny. They had a couple top mm-hmm. 40 hits in the 70s. There's a new uh, documentary about them, uh, and it got really good reviews. It's called uh, Fanny, The Right to Rock, directed by Bobby Joe Hart. And uh, you have contributions in this documentary from Joe Elliott, Bonnie Raitt, Kathy Valentine, Todd Rundgren, John Sebastian, Kate Pearson, uh, Charles Neville, um, Jeff Skunk Baxter. Pretty good lineup of uh, people contributing here. So uh, anyway, uh, this got, like I said, pretty good reviews. Fanny the Right to Rock from Film Movement being issued on DBD. And uh, we have A Walk in the Woods from 2015 being issued as a Shout Select title uh, starring Robert Redford and uh, Nick Nolte. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Oh, yes. So, um, anyway. So, there you go. Uh, Just a couple more titles here. We're getting close. Uh, Symphony for a Massacre is a 1963 film being issued by Cohen Media. And... Mm. um, and then we have uh, the Bionic Woman being issued on Blu-ray for the first time, and it's TV series, and we, we're doing movies here, but just want to mention it for for the nostalgia factor, if nothing else. The Running Out of Time collection uh, is a new two-disc set from Arrow, which uh, is uh, contains Running Out of Time, which was a huge Asian cinema hit, and its sequel, and um, I think the first one's about a terminally ill. A person uh, who goes on a killing spree, and uh, the detective in the first film uh, does this hes involved in the sequel somehow. There's another case that he takes on. But anyway, these were huge hits in Asia. Um, I don't know. Heartbreakers from 1984, starring Peter Coyote, has uh, been given its first ever Blu-ray release. And this is a—this was a well-reviewed film from Roger Ebert. I remember he gave it four stars, uh, big thumbs up. And I never did see it. It was so hard to find, and I did not get a review copy I, I may just do a blind buy on this one but uh, heartbreakers being issued by Fun city editions from 1984 it's one of those really hard to find films that finally finally made its way to physical media so thank goodness for that and uh, well just uh, just a few others uh Bell being issued the animated film being uh, from 2021 being issued in 4k. And we have Space Truckers from 1996 being issued on Blu-ray. Uh, Giallo Essentials is a new Arrow box set uh, that includes uh, several Giallo films previously unavailable. Uh, they include Smile, It includes Smile Before Death, The Killer Reserved, Nine Seats, The Web in the Hour, and The Motive. All these from 1972 to 74 with all kinds of new extras and things of that nature. So, yeah. Uh, Anyway, and then we'll just uh, we'll end up with a couple of Lionsgate issuing in uh, Warrior uh, from 2011 in 4K, in the 4K upgrade. And we'll end with another uh, Vinegar Syndrome release, The Birds 2 Lands End from 1994. Right. <laughs> yes, the sequel to The Birds, also starring Tippi Hedren from 1994, who, uh, who reprises her role from the original The Birds. What? Uh, this was a film. Why didn't I yeah. know this existed? Yeah, uh, and actually, it got terrible reviews when it was originally issued. But I'm reading some of the reviews now, the new Blu-ray, and they say it's not nearly as bad as its uh, reputation suggests. Is that what and the quote? Is that what
0: the review quote says on the box? Not nearly as bad as.
1: <laughs> well, Rick Rosenthal, the director of Halloween Two, is the original director, and he. Had his, uh, he thought that it turned out so bad he had his name removed and it's directed by the uh, pseudonymous Alan Smithy, of course. But uh, yeah, you have uh, uh, Tippy Hedren re- returning here and uh, there's another bird attack and, you know, it was the age of them uh, doing sequels and redos of Hitchcock stuff for cable television. It was Psycho 4, of course, for Showtime earlier and then we had to. Uh, there was a shadow of a doubt remake in 1991. Uh, Andrew Davis redid Dial in for Murder, of course, as a perfect murder, and the, you know, and then you had uh, this was a Showtime film as well. It premiered on March 19th of 1994.
0: The so. Birds 2 was a Showtime film.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Huh. But. Uh,
0: yeah. As, I like as was thing. Psycho 4, right?
1: Yes, I like Psycho 4 actually. I must say, uh, I think it's pretty well done for for what it is. But, uh, yeah, I, now I want to, now I want to see the birds too. I'm curious because uh, there's kind of a, I'm hearing that it's, you know, they just pounced upon it when it came out, but now they say, you know, it's really, it's better than, than you would expect. Hmm. So, uh, you know, and supposedly the new, uh, the new Blu-ray is is really good transfer is what I'm hearing. So hmm. who would have thunk this would uh get a, a new Blu-ray and, and not only that, there's extras here. You have a new commentary with, uh, Amanda Reyes and Sam Pancake, and you have a new, almost ne- nearly an hour documentary Sam, on the making of it.
0: Sam show. Pancake.
1: Pancake, yes.
0: Wow, well, I heard he gives yeah. a flat performance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or,
0: or you go the other way and you say he's so yeah. good, you'll flip for Sam, P- P- Sam Pancake's performance.
1: <laughs> well, they say that uh, it's funny because they say their commentary. That they're both fans, that they rehabilitate its reputation on the commentary. So we'll, oh. we don't know. But yeah, interestingly enough, there is a, like I said, a, nearly a, a one-hour documentary on the making of this film. Who would have thought yeah. that?
0: I would the, be interested in visiting those locations. That, oh that, sure, that yeah. little town. The original. Yeah. 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 No, that no, no. So the too. locations for Birds too.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Yeah, I'm joking, joke.
1: Oh goodness, goodness!
0: Yeah, but Bogodá Bay is a real place, or whatever the name of that location is. So The schoolhouse is still there, and some of the housing right. and stuff. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that would be. I, I would definitely like to see those. That would that would be something to uh, something to get excited about. Yeah. I'm just seeing right here too that uh, Birds Two is photographed by Bruce Ortiz, the legendary wow. cinematographer. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> You know the rap is that it's kind of it it is parts of it are dull and slow burning but uh oh. it has some well, uh it's a true
0: remake. It's,
1: right. That exactly. Original,
0: that original takes an hour to get going. So
1: Yes it does. And they use non-cgi seagulls here too which uh, and oh. ravens. So that uh that, that that that's a that's a nice touch. I'm going to see this movie. That's my homework. I'll
0: tonight, I'll look it up so. tonight. That sounds like something that would be on Tubi. <laughs>
1: it very well could be. Yeah.